0: Good morning, Las Vegas. This is Zandra Pollard with It's Where I Am. Thank you for tuning in. We're here every second Saturday of the month at 8.30 a.m. Today, my guests are Alexander King and Dr. David Jennis. So, Alexander King is the creator, writer, producer of Quirious, Thank you for being here. Yes. Then we also have Dr. Guinness, who is our mental health therapist, professional Dr. David Guinness. And um, thank you for being here to provide some insight.
1: Absolutely. I'm really excited to be back.
0: Awesome. So I'm just going to start with you, Alexander, because we want to know all about your show. I've watched the whole series. It's awesome. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you. I love it. Um, Totally Didn't think I I didn't know what to expect, but when I watched it, I was definitely tuned in. I mean, everyone, leave me alone. I'm watching this. Shut all the doors, you know, because it is uh, mature TV. Um, But you deal with the LGBT plus community and uh, your I don't know if they're your personal experiences, but experiences within, you know, that world, I would say. And um, tell us a little bit more about the show. Um, so Aquarius is basically, um, I wanted to
2: create a show where people like me were better represented, yes. um, in the film industry. It's, you know, I don't see much of me and being like, Oh, I'm okay with that. Sometimes I see them like, well, why would they have to, to put that in there? And it kind of give us, um, almost like a bad rep. So I, you know, I watched another show and I was just like, you know, I want to do something, something different, something more, um, in tune with my life. Um, I'm on my spiritual journey right now. So a lot of my writing has to do with challenging thoughts, spirituality, um, friendships, relationships, but also with real life stuff. Um, so, so, you know, has a little drama in there, things that really happen to people. And a lot of these are actually my, my experiences or um, experiences through like friends and things of that nature.
0: Sure, sure. And so and I know your character because she's in it as well. (laughs) And her character is something else. I mean, she is scandalous. Kwame is definitely um, some
2: experiences from my younger years in life. (laughs) Um, But each character is almost like an evolved version of me from Kwame being, you know, very shallow minded and dark and hurting and not talking to anyone to Sam challenging everything. And then to Bisa being like, I want better for my life. So it's like a big transition of a lot of stages that I had went through in my life.
0: OK, so um, I, I want to ask you, do, do you consider yourself to be a, a lesbian? Oh, absolutely. OK, so moving forward, I would like to know. When did you realize that you were into females?
2: Um,
0: I don't think it was
2: like a realization. It was just it. It was it for me. Like I had a boyfriend in high school but I really liked him. Like, we would play basketball. We would play Xbox, baseball. Um, we did a lot of fun stuff. And that's all it ever was. So he was really my best friend at the time. Mm-hmm. And I went off to college and I kind of just came back with a girlfriend. And that was that was my story. It wasn't a conversation. I didn't have conversations with myself like, oh, my God, I like this. Or, you know, what's wrong? Right. It was just like, oh, okay, this is this is me now.
0: Because, Dr. Janice, you can chime in here. Because sexuality is a fluid process, right?
1: Absolutely. And I think... F- For many individuals, uh, they have an early sense of their physical attraction or who who they're attracted to as far as um, from like a love type, intimate type perspective. Uh, but for many of us, uh, as Lex just identified for her, it was kind of later on in her adolescent years, which was similar for myself as well, in that my first true love was actually a woman. And then after we kind of dissolved that relationship, uh, and I went to college as well, maybe college has something to do with us coming out. <laughs> mm-hmm. I don't know. Um, but but I left having a, a boyfriend.
0: Okay. So yeah. in, in those college years, isn't that like a, when you're finding your identity? Like, is that the identity crisis type period, or is that adolescence?
1: Well, I don't know if it's identity crisis. I think it's more of a coming of age though, where we have an opportunity to, we're we're away from our parents, Mm -hmm. from our um, home environments, and that for many of us, we travel and go away to college. So it's really an opportunity for us to get to know ourselves.
0: That makes perfect sense to me. So what I would like to ask you now is, um, did you um, journal? When you were young, did you start journaling? How did you get to this yeah. writing process?
2: I wrote a lot as a kid, but I always threw it out. Like, I would never want anyone to find my journals. I didn't uh, want anyone to know what I thought about it. And um, there's right. a lot of stuff that I dealt with, with like, I, a lot of behaviors I had as a kid that as I got older and I'm starting to understand who I am, it made so much sense. Like, I was like, why would I throw my, my stuff out? Why would I do that? Um, and I, got, I was in a relationship, and the woman I was dating at the time was like, you want to be seen so bad, you say that, but you don't. And I'm like, what? what do you mean? I, I, want, I want you to see me. Mm-hmm. But I, I noticed, I was like, no, I never wanted anyone to see me. I always threw my work out. I didn't keep anything. I didn't want it. Um, so for me, I always wrote and I always kept making stories. And then one day I just was like, I'm, I'm going to write a, a script. And I just like Googled it, YouTubed it. And how, to how to write a script? I, that's exactly how I learned how to write a script. Oh, with wow. YouTube and Google. Yep.
0: Okay. So I know for your show, you have mentioned that you were looking for Writers, is there something you want to let our listeners know? Someone. Yeah,
2: um, I'm always open for networking and creating a team. Um, and right now I know that I can't do everything by myself. And I spent this first season doing it all alone. Um, granted, I had the help of my castmates and, you know, filming and things of that nature. But mm-hmm. for creating and directing and all those things, I had to teach myself those things.
0: Oh, wow.
2: So I would love to have, you know, bring on more writers. Eventually, Query is, is going to be um, a platform where We give the community um, the sources to create. So people that want to be writers, okay, I'll take you in. I'll let you do an episode. People that want to do videos, okay, you can do this. And I want to just create that where we're doing it for ourselves. Oh, that's wonderful. We're not, like I said, we're not, like right now, there's a few people that's that's, that's in the um, limelight that's doing a great job for us, but we Mm -hmm. need more. Right. So if that's the case, you know, I need I need to be in the rooms with people who's doing the more,
0: more and more representation. Absolutely. Right? Absolutely. OK, so um, I wanted to ask you, I have all my stuff written down here and I know that we spoke about Christian conservatives mm-hmm. and that uh, they have this feeling that there's a homosexual agenda. And by you being in Hollywood mm-hmm. or in L.A., right. Mm hmm. Um, a lot of movies we see now, we see more gay and lesbian representation in mainstream movies. Mm-hmm. Um, so these Christian conservatives, they feel like people from the LGBTQ plus community are pushing their agenda to try and recruit people to become gay. Mm-hmm. What, what are your thoughts on that? I'd like to hear from both of you.
2: Um, for me, I, I don't I don't see that for myself. It's not part of my story. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't feel that I'm pushing my agenda on anyone and I personally don't feel that anyone's pushing their agenda on me. Um, and I say that because I'm very, I'm very direct with what I want and how I want it. And if you're not in alignment with that, you are no longer in this discussion for me. Awesome. So, yeah, I don't I don't take it personal. And if, you know, if they want to push that, then they can push that with someone who's going to allow them to push.
0: Yes. So they feel like to me, I understand is we're going to make you straight. We're going to make you, you know, heterosexual. Yeah, that's not my story. So I'm not. Right. And, and so I, I disagree with that. You know what I mean? It's like I understand that people now I don't know if it is personally if you are born that way or if you become that way, but it is what it is. And I also wanted to mention that. There was a time, unfortunately, there was a time in the DSM three, which is the Diagnostic and Statistical Manual for Mental Health Professionals, that homosexuality. Was a
1: mental health disorder.
0: Tell us more about that. When did it change, doctor? And what do you see happening now?
1: So we're actually on the fifth edition now of the of the DSM, and it took up to the fourth edition to actually have um, homosexuality removed from the statistical manual, mm-hmm. um, where uh, homosexuality is no longer viewed as a mental health disorder, and and so. Um, It gets revised every 15, 20 years. And so it was a collection of professionals that came together that recognized uh, the uh, lunacy, I think, (laughs) of of perceiving that homosexuality is a mental health disorder. And so on the fourth edition, it was finally removed.
0: Okay. And so now I'm going to take the questions back over to you, Lex. And um, I would like to know, was there at any time where you felt oppressed as a lesbian or and if so what what made you feel like that
2: um me being just of color is one thing me being a lesbian of color is another so there's a lot of layers um where I felt you know it was growing up like all through my childhood was I was I went to a um a black school I was the white kid I went to the white school I was a black kid so I've always had that battle Me being gay and being a lesbian, like, I haven't had, I haven't had issues on my, my, that's not, my story is a beautiful story. Um, Not to say that anyone else's story is not, but I haven't had to deal with certain oppressions or, you know, certain things that kind of held me back or pushed me, made me, like, discouraged. I have, you know, I just, I think I just don't tolerate a lot of stuff and I just don't pay attention to it. I move on very fast.
0: So what are some of the um, biggest misconceptions that gay women feel? Um, For my
2: experience, I can't speak for everyone, but for Mm me, um, I just feel like we're not properly represented. Um, When I look at film, I cannot relate. I don't see someone like me. I don't see anyone who talks like me. I don't see anyone who acts like me. Um, So it's hard for me to fall in love with characters when they want um, a black lesbian. Okay, every time we see a black lesbian in film, she's the token lesbian. Yeah, she's like (laughs) she's hard and she (laughs) wants to fight guys. And, you know, she wants to take the guys girls. And I'm like, I don't do that right you know that's, that's not I don't that's weird so for me I always see it and I get very frustrated and that's why I created Queers was like we don't we're soft and we can be hard we want to we can be soft we want to it's based right. on personality um yeah and I just it was hard it's just hard seeing that I you know and I feel like some women they have the opportunity to do something different and you know they're just they're willing to fall into that mainstream media and I just I can't do it
0: well I I have to say that in my younger years I remember going on to uh Going to Sunset Boulevard and partying my butt off. It was so fun back then. And then I would go to the Catch. Mm-hmm. Remember the Catch? Yep. So the Catch back in the day was the spot, and that's the kind of representation I see in your right film. It's authentic. I see the black lesbian. I don't see the token lesbian. I don't see you know the lesbian trying to fit in with mainstream society. Right. And so that's something that I took from your artistry. I appreciate that. that. I really appreciate yeah, appreciate that. And it's hard to, because there's a lot of like, you know, girls who
2: are growing up and they're finding their identity and they're, you know, and my masculine, what does this mean? And my feminine, what does this mean? And it's, like I, I want to give an image where they can see that and say, okay, I don't have to be that. I don't have to want to fight men. I don't have to like, I have a beautiful relationship with guys. I like to talk to them like they're my brothers and my friends. Um, I haven't had any situations that they put in the movies like, oh, the guy always tries to hit on the gay girl or I'm trying to get the guy, get the girls from the guys. And, you know, I want to show a different story for the the girls that are growing up, figuring out who they are that, you know, you don't have to pretend to be that. If that's not you.
0: Right. Yeah. Right. And yeah, that's and that's what makes what you're doing so important for, you know, men and women out there. Um, I want to say Lex. Her show, Quirious, did I say that right? Mm, right? Quirious, yeah. I'm getting tongue tied saying it. Quirious is now on Amazon Prime. You want to tell We're us about it, an... where they can catch it on Amazon Prime? Yep. So when you um, look us up on Amazon Prime, you
2: literally have to type in the entire name. So Quirious, the series. Um, okay. It's going to have uh, the eight episodes on there. We are working on our final episode of season one, and that's going to actually be released exclusively on YouTube. OK, yeah. So you, um, right now you can get um, episode one through eight on um, Prime and then everything else will be on YouTube.
0: Awesome. Well, you know, I'm going to have a link on my website so you'll be able to find it. You can go to itswhereiam.com and you will see Lex's bio there and um, also a button to tap on to get to her series. Um, next, I, w- I wanted to talk about uh, pronoun usage. Uh, when we met before, when you were on my show back in May, and um, I remember you talking and saying something profound. It stuck out with me. You said, um, "We have to see we, we have to see one another as human first. Now, how do we get there if we're still dealing with he and she? And what is the importance of removing he he and she? Like, explain that to me.
1: Yeah, I'm like holding on to my seat for those who yeah. can't see me right now. Um, so, you know, I, I've I've reflected about my career, and I've been working in the field for about 20 years now. And sometimes I've thought to myself, um, I'm a bad gay. And what <laughs> I mean, and what I mean by that is, though, have I done enough for my community in terms of my career and really helping others, not just clinically in terms of of helping those who identify as being part of the LGBT plus community, but what have I done to contribute um, towards just fostering and enhancing people's lives. And um, so I've had the privilege of co-authoring a white paper, which is a paper to really foster awareness around cultural competency and how we um, interact uh, with individuals or provide services to individuals with, that identify within the LGBT plus community. And um, as part of that, it's really being able to um just have an understanding of what the unique needs are associated with the LGBT plus community so that individuals can have a better context and understanding of how to, to interrelate and best meet their needs. Um, I think it's really important to uh, be mindful that uh, you know, that this is a specific community that has specific unique needs that people need to be aware of what those are.
0: Yeah, and then so let's talk about some of the resources out there, which I will also have on the site as well for anyone who may need them. Um, it's where I am.com. Let us know about some of the resources here in Las Vegas.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And so again, you know, Zondra, thank you so much for just bringing awareness in terms of uh, highlighting uh, what's available in terms of supporting individuals that are part of the LGBT plus community. So um, healthyyoungnevada.org is is really a comprehensive website that is just full of links to great resources Um, regarding lots of different things that could potentially enhance the lives uh, of those that may be needing a little bit more support. Um, And so I'm really inspired by Lex's work because she's really working um, to promote a positive image of those that fall within this specific uh, subgroup. And and so this this uh, website, healthyyoungnevada.org, I think is a great resource for individuals to have access to just a lot of great resources and positive themes. Uh, and the messaging is really positive, which I think is important.
0: So Lex, when, when you came out, did you, and you were away from your parents and you, you figured out what you liked and you stuck with it. Did you um, have support from your parents when you told them? Um, I didn't necessarily
2: come out. I didn't okay. feel that I needed to have a conversation. Um, I had one conversation with one of my with an aunt and she just basically I came home and she's like, oh, are you dating anyone? I'm like, yeah, I'm dating someone. She's like, what's his name? And I <laughs> said, well, her name is. And she said, oh, OK, that's good. And that was uh, I didn't. Um, everyone in my family knew that I was very athletic. They knew that I had more. I played with the boys. I didn't play okay. with the girls. Okay. I did not want to wear dresses. Mm-hmm. Um, so my childhood, everyone knew, but it wasn't in my family. It's not things that we talked about. It wasn't I didn't Um, I didn't have sexual attraction when I was younger. Like to me, I thought everything was just like, oh, no, don't. Okay. You know, so I would like, you know, hang out with the guys. But for me, it wasn't because I liked the girls. It was like, OK, we got things in common. You okay. got, you want to play basketball? I want to play basketball. You want to play Xbox? I want to play Xbox. Mm-hmm. They don't want to play that. So I don't hang out with them. So it wasn't like I don't like I didn't really have like a big coming out story. I just I came home with a girlfriend. And that's just what it was.
0: Well, the reason why I ask is because I know a lot of teens um, are homeless due to being, you know, coming out to their parents and their parents being unhappy about it. Um, can you tell us, I think we have a place here in Nevada called the Help Center of Southern Nevada or something like that.
1: Yes. So um, it's really important that just we understand that when young people decide or, or they recognize rather um, how they identify that their home environments are not always accepting uh, of their identification and sadly are, are asked, uh, thrown out of the house. Um, and so these young people are out on the streets and trying to, and, and they're already grappling with that identification of, oh, I'm gay. Uh, which is, um, I'm different from everybody else, or at least that's what social messaging. Um, says that I'm different from everybody else. So they're already dealing with these really complex challenges. And, and now they don't have a roof over their head. They don't know when they're gonna get their next meal or when they're gonna be able to take a shower. And so fortunately, we we have um, a se- the center here, the LGBT center, um, which uh, not every large metropolitan city has one. Mm-hmm. So I think we're really lucky here in, in Clark County in the city of Las Vegas, just to have um, resources that are specific to provide Providing care uh, to the LGBT plus community.
0: That's awesome. I'm glad we have those resources. Um, I also wanted to talk about, well, you know what? I want to give a shout out to my aunt, my aunt Andrej Smith. I want to thank you for being a lesbian in the family, because you know what? If I didn't know her as a lesbian, I would not have been so understanding of the community. I grew up with someone who was gay and it was talked about. That she was gay. And so I, I think it helped me to become more accepting initially um, because my high school, Fairfax High, was the first high school in the country to have a an, uh, gay and lesbian social club. And so that was a big deal. Yeah, amazing. Know? Yeah, so I, I just wanted to say thank you for being strong and knowing who you are and that being, and, and, and in doing that, that helps others. It doesn't mean that you're convincing someone to be something that they're not, but it gives you a better understanding and uh, just a, a to be more empathetic towards other people when you're exposed to different things. So uh, for you guys, I, I didn't hear anyone in your family that was uh, gay or lesbian, just that they were accepting and didn't question. Yeah, it.
2: I had an older cousin. Um, my mom had married in my teens and I had gained a cousin, love her. And she was, she was uh, bisexual, gay. Um, and no one talked about it. It was, they didn't, they didn't say anything. They didn't, when she brought the girl, no one said anything. And I just, for me, it was just very like, okay, well, I was intrigued. What's your name? How you, how you know her? You know, like I I was always very welcoming, but I didn't have anyone in my family that was like, I didn't have a lot of gay people in my family. And right. my family didn't really. Openly... Yeah. They just didn't talk about it. Mm-hmm. Like right now I know from what I know on my mom's side, besides the marriage, and on my dad's side, I am the only gay person in the family. Okay. Yeah. Okay. From what I know. Um, and I'm okay with that. They don't treat me any different, you know. They just So you have a very
0: loving and supportive family, which is wonderful.
2: But I it's that was through demand. Yeah. My, I'm I'm very um <laughs> I wanna do what I wanna do. And if you don't like it, you won't see me. Right. And it's not I don't it's not that I want to give people ultimatums, but I'm not gonna live differently for your needs. Um so I like I would I stopped going home a little bit and you know, as I got older, I missed my family more, but they they understood like if you want her here, you'll accept whatever she brings. Right. Here. Yeah, and I'm I'm very thoughtful. So it's not like I was being, you know, pushing my agenda on them and like, hey, you have to accept this. It was just like, all right, well, I'm gonna be at the beach with so and so if you guys wanna come.
0: What a great positive role model because, you know, that's a part of wellness is knowing who you are, mm-hmm. right? You got to know who you are. And so I can appreciate that. Um, before we close, I want to make sure, David, you talk about um, any more resources that may be available. And also, I'm sorry I never mentioned, David is the clinical psychiatric director of Southern Hills Pavilion Hospital.
1: Um, Yeah, so resources. So I I think uh, as individuals, as human beings, sometimes uh, we're reluctant to access support um, and and to reach out uh, for clinical services. because of the stigma associated potentially with with asking for help or receiving mental health services. So I think it's really important for listeners to be open um, and to not feel embarrassed or ashamed that if you are struggling with anything and you feel like you need a little bit a little bit of support uh, to please reach out to to local providers within your community um, and and receive the the care and and the services that you need and 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 interview service providers to make sure that they're welcoming and a, and a good fit for for you or for your family. Um, I think that's really important. Is that for individuals to receive the best care that they can and, and to benefit from the care that they're receiving? That they really do have to feel safe, um, feel understood, um, and to a certain degree. I I think feel validated as well.
0: Yeah, I think a good start would be probably to do I do the social media Right. Social media. And uh, before you just pop into the center, maybe because just because you've decided that you are gay doesn't mean that you're automatically a part of the LGBTQ plus community. Is that right? Or are you automatically
1: in the group? Well I think if we identify as, as being something that falls within this subgroup that we are a part of the subgroup though but in terms of how do we express ourselves how do how do we exist within that subgroup though I think that's individual for for mm-hmm. all of us
0: right but then you could go there and find potentially find friends
1: absolutely and and I think what Lex's work though is is um, I think symbolizing though uh, that you're not alone and mm-hmm. that there are is other positive representation of people just like you. Um, and, and so that's a benefit of going to some of these resources, such as the center, because like you said, Zandra, you might go there and see people there that um, are like you and that you feel comfortable and, and that you can um, potentially expand your natural support system.
2: Yeah, even with um, when Martin Quirius, I had um, Kwame's character in the beginning. She's, um, she sees a therapist, but her therapist is not normal therapy um season two focus in uh, focuses in on why she chose that route and how it does actually not work for her um but it shows that it doesn't have to be the normal thing that um people will tell you you have to find what works for you and what helps you in your own healing and sometimes you know it might be a clinic sometimes it might be a friend sometimes it might be a, just a different type of therapy or meditation um but it's like it's individual like what makes your heart sing? What makes your heart be calm? Can I get an amen? Yeah. So that was, that's really important to me because I'm very big on mental health. I'm very big on seeking, you know, therapy and, and talking. And that's why, you know, I specifically wrote that for Kwame. It's like, she ends up having this therapist where she pours her out, pours her
0: thoughts out. It opened up with the therapist, right? Yeah.
2: So she, she has her therapist where um, she pours her heart out and then at the end of their session, they always hook up. But there, she's not her real therapist. That's, they were friends while she, the therapist was in school. And okay. they had their dynamic. So she got free therapy through her. But then they also had their encounter.
0: But I mean, that's so difficult. I have a lot of friends who are therapists. And it's like, well, you know, I can't really because it's bias. Right. I can't really talk to them because they know me. So they're going to there's a lot of rules. Yes, yeah, a lot of rules. There's a lot of rules. And then David and I were talking earlier. About people who need a therapist. And that therapist cannot necessarily identify with their situation. And then how can they help? I mean, they're so quick to take your insurance and take your money. And yeah, that's that's the But big
2: are, Yeah. Are they going to be beneficial? Right. So I always um, I always say shop around like mm-hmm. you're shopping for a car, like you're shopping for clothes. Everything don't fit. Right. It does not fit. It does not suit your needs. Um, and that's the problem with our healthcare system is that some people are very limited to who they can use, who they can, where they can go and how affordable that is. For me, I want to see a black therapist of color who's in the community. She can be an ally, she can be whoever, but that for me, I can open up to her i don't I cannot have therapy with someone who does not understand me as a woman, me as a black woman, me as a queer woman, mm-hmm. so if I had to when I had to find my therapist, I'm literally okay, this session didn't work for me. this session didn't work, um, right. and it was hard, it was very hard and
0: error. yeah,
2: very hard, very hard
0: so. I just want to thank everyone for tuning in. I just please, can you give us the information on your show one more time for the listeners so that they can catch it because it is so good. You can check us out at uh,
2: QuiriousTV.com. You can also check us out on YouTube, uh, TV and on Amazon, Quirious The Show, Instagram, Quirious.tv.
0: And I'm going to put all those links on the <laughs> thank website because that's you. a lot. That's a lot, so no problem. And all those listeners out there on 91.5 Jazz and More, please make sure you visit the website, It's itswhereiam.com. And if you're interested in being a guest on the show, if you are a mental health professional, please look on the website and there is a section where you can request to come on the show. So I just want to thank everyone for tuning in uh this is Sandra Pollard. I'm here every second second Saturday of the month at 8:30 a.m. and it is where I am. Thank you.